For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac. And tonight, our Cleveland Cavaliers took on the Chicago Bulls for the fourth and final time this year with a season sweep on the line. That should be a motivating factor, right? Well, tonight's contest was definitely the quintessential game of runs, as basketball often is. Cleveland came out swinging as Max Struess came in and immediately said, Oh, y'all thought I was done? Hold my beer. He proceeded to drill a triple for the first points of the game for Cleveland off of a perfectly executed Jared Allen DHO as if his seven triples, including that game winner last night, weren't enough already. Winston, who played 500 games in the NBA. Here's Max Struess picking up right where he... The man just seemed to have found his groove, but would end up finishing this contest just four of 13 from the field, including three of 10 from three-point distance. He has now drilled 10 of his last 23-point attempts, and his three-point percentages are climbing back up after dropping to around 33%. And look, here's the thing. While I like to see Struess get that percentage up and string together some good shooting performances, I care much, much more about the gravity that he is providing to this Cleveland offense. The spacing that he has added is real, folks, and I think that you are underestimating just how much the volume plays a factor here if you're not a, a big believer in Struess. Teams know that they have to keep an eye on my guy. You, you just can't go under the screen on him. You have to close out on his attempts. You have to be wary of backdoor cuts. You have to be wary of DHOs, whether he's working with Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, or even Donovan Mitchell now on some of his actions. He's constantly in motion. He is that impactful, and it all comes back to the gravity that he provides. And when he isn't shooting the ball all that well, he adds in other areas. Lost in his abilities to shoot the ball has been his penchant for grabbing loose rebounds. Max is actually averaging 4.8 rebounds, by far the most of his career, uh, you know, most of any of his seasons. It's actually the seventh highest mark for any forward under 6'7 this season. And honestly, in regards to this game, it was pretty much all caps in the first, as eight different Cavaliers scored in the first quarter as Cleveland spread the ball out. Honestly, we saw a little bit of everything. There was big to big passing in the form of Jared Allen to Evan Mobley lobs. There was DHO work from a handful of Cavs. There was an emphasis on getting the ball inside to the bigs, especially the lob game from Darius Garland to Jared Allen. And that's a good development, right? Because we all know the Cavs bread and butter is the pick and roll with Jared Allen or Evan Mobley as the role man and Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland often being the initiators. 
There was some pretty solid post defense in the first. There was some incredible shot making. The first frame really had it all. Uh, as Cleveland took a 32 to 23 lead into the second quarter. Now, the second was a completely different story as Chicago fought back and seemed to snack every loose fucking rebound, especially on the offensive end where they pulled down literally five. I'm not kidding. They literally pulled down five times as many offensive boards as the Cavs, winning that battle 25 to five. They were generating so many extra possessions. It was maddening. It, it was just pissing me off. It's kind of insane that the Cavs were winning this game for large stretches, considering the stark difference on the glass. I mean, for fuck's sake, one-time Cavalier Andre Drummond pulled down 26, yes, 26 rebounds by himself. That's more than double what Evan Mobley had and over six times as many as Jared Allen. Honestly, the Bulls' front court dominance is probably what made this game what it was at the end of the day. It was a rock fight, right? Nick Vucevic and Drummond combined for a grand total of 41 points and 39 rebounds. They were the true X factor tonight. Uh, just no way around it. That is essentially what ended up carrying this game and, and, and making it what it was. They were a huge reason why Chicago was able to chip away at a 15-point Cleveland lead and get the game to within one point going into the halftime down just uh, 53 to 52. The third was even more competitive as the lead changed several more times. Fortunately enough, Cleveland was able to put together a nice run to close the third frame with Evan Mobley and Darius Garland really having to carry them through this stretch as Jared Allen was struggling and Donovan Mitchell just seemed gassed out there at times, possibly still feeling the effects of the illness that had uh, sidelined him and the fact that this was indeed a back-to-back, -back, which can't be ignored for both teams. Evan scored nine of his 25 points in the third quarter alone with Darius Garland often feeding him the ball a ton. Cleveland would end the third quarter up 81 to 78. And then the battle seemed like it was going to resume in the fourth, but it didn't necessarily start out that way. It didn't appear that way at first. Uh, Mobley opened the frame with the basket, and then the floodgate seemed like they were going to open after an Isaac Okoro triple, which happened to be the third of the night for him. Cleveland tried to pour it on, but Chicago wouldn't go down without a fight. They used a pair of AO to sumo triples to cut the lead to five before JB was forced to take a timeout to try and kill some of the momentum that they were gaining. And again, it quickly devolved into a rock fight at that point. This game was going to go to whoever wanted it more with both teams exhausted and coming off the first leg of a back-to-back. -back. In Cleveland, I believe this was their third game in four nights. Um, Chicago took the lead 98 to 97 after a 17 to five run. And then Cleveland took the lead right back after Karis Levert drove baseline and found Jared Allen for an and one opportunity. Chicago ended up tying it again, 100 all then Donovan Mitchell, much like he has all season long had been invisible. Um, he, he had been invisible for most of the game, but he ended up drilling a go ahead triple to give the Cavs a 103, 100 advantage. And let me make the, let me make the distinction clear here. I'm not saying that he's always invisible. I'm saying that he's always coming up in clutch moments. So let me just clarify that before people jump on me. <laughs> Um, Chicago was able to tie the game yet again after they got another second chance opportunity after, I believe, in uh, Nikola Vucevic's offensive rebound. And then my heart nearly gave out as DeMar DeRozan had an opportunity to knock down a game winner over the very man who hit one for the Cavs just last night in Max Struess. 
It's DeRozan. DeMar. For the lead. No. Off to overtime. To overtime they win. He missed the shot. The game continued to go back and forth as Ayo or Ayo. I don't even How do you pronounce his name? Is it Ayo? And, and Max traded triples to bring, in the, bring the score to 106 overall. Then Darius Garland drilled his seventh triple of the game, to which Nikola Vucevic responded by bulldozing his way inside for two more points. Then Karis LeVert drilled a triple. Uh, Io responded with a bucket of his own. Then Nikola fouled out after a second consecutive over-the-back call. Then Spider got a big-time bucket, put the Cavs up 114-10. DeRozan retaliated with a quick score. Uh, making it a one-possession game once again. Then the late-game fouls started to happen. You know how that goes. Uh, Donovan Mitchell got fouled. He drilled his first free throw but missed his second, which honestly, in my opinion, would end up costing the game, uh, costing the Cavs the game. Short. Drummond with the rebound is 22nd of the night. I, in my opinion, that's where it really, truly ended up it just seemed like it was going to come back to bite the calves in the ass, and it did ultimately. Uh, still, he ended up putting them up 115 to 112, essentially giving Cleveland a shot at ending a very lackluster night and walk away with the W, which is what we all want. However, that did not occur as immediately following that, Chicago's DeMar DeRozan drew a backbreaking foul call on Jared Allen, resulting in him going to the line where he would end up making all three of his freebies. Bulls out of timeouts. Cleveland has a foul to give. Dosumu to inbound. They get it to DeRozan. Forces it up and it gets fouled by Jared Allen. I told you. Tying the game and sending it into a second overtime period where I'm just saying, fuck, man, I'm tired in this game already. But uh, Cleveland just did not have the legs to finish off his opponent heading into that second overtime period. Chicago would outscore Cleveland 17 to 8 in that second frame and won the game. Look, and, and here's the thing. There are a few different reasons that we can point to as to why Cleveland lost this game. Tired legs, inefficiency uh, inefficiency at the free throw line as they knocked down just 11 of their 19 free throws. That That is inexcusable. As a professional, I just I don't understand it. There were some uncharacteristic misses tonight, such as Donovan's um, second miss free throw right before the end of the first overtime period. Um, or the overall, just the lackluster play from Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen. But the biggest reason, at least in my eyes, is the battle of the boards. Cleveland was literally out-rebounded 74-39. to What the fuck? It was Chicago's most rebounds in a single game since the 1970s. I think I heard on the broadcast since 1975, but I'm going to stick to 1970s because upon further review, I saw a bunch of 70-plus rebound games in the 70s for Chicago. I don't give a single fuck how good you are. You do not deserve to win a game when your opponent pulls down nearly double the amount of rebounds as you did. Cleveland didn't deserve to win this game despite some very good individual performances from a few players who I'll talk about in a little bit. It doesn't take away from what said players did, but collectively they just did not deserve to win after that effort. Again, individually, 
I'd say I was really impressed with Karis LeVert, who dished out a career-best 15 assists tonight in a near triple-double. It sucks that we wasted that, right? It would have been awesome to see that in a win because people would be talking about that instead of the rebounding disparity. They would be talking about other players as well, but to, to, for Karis to have a near triple-double off that bench, I hope that he ends up getting the six-man-of-the-year consideration that he deserves. I know a lot of people believe that it's Malik Monk's awards lose, but uh, you know, call me a homer, call me biased, but I, I'll take Karis LeVert any day of the week because of his versatility. He, he is that impactful for this Cleveland team, and he continues to show that. Um, I really hope that he continues his recent streak of playmaking. He's dished out six or more assists in each of his last games, uh, last three games, including tonight. I was also really impressed with Isaac Okoro, who continues to show that he deserves a new deal. I really wish that the Cavs would have been able to sign him prior to the season so that they could have avoided restricted free agency. And I get it. I understand the rationale behind it, why bet against yourself, let Isaac Okora go out there and prove that he belongs with this current group of players rather than, you know, just throwing the bag at him. But I think it's safe to say, based upon what he's done, he has earned his next payday. <laughs> um, he has more than earned his, his next deal. He knocked down three more triples tonight, and as a result, he has brought his three-point percentage up to 40.1% on the season. You'll love to see it. That is like basically the barometer for three-point shooting these days. If you're at 40% or higher, you're probably a pretty good three-point shooter. And volume is thrown in there, but Isaac has started to up his volume, which is the one thing that a lot of fans were calling for him to do, right? Um, in my eyes, he is an elite three and D player. I did no way around it. I don't care what anybody says. He was great, but didn't really see time in either overtime period, which is absolutely crazy to me. Mobley was also pretty good. He finished with 25 and knocked down yet another three himself. He attempted four, which is something that I continue to want him to do. I know some people, I've seen it suggested by some fans on social media that they don't want Evan Mobley taking threes. At a high clip, which I would think that three to four per game is 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 doable, right? That that's what you want. That's how he develops a three point shot in meaningful situations, not just practice. How many guys have taken a thousand triples in practice but failed to even throw up an attempt or two in a single game? I mean, for fuck's sake, we see Ben Simmons do that shit all the time. Don't want Evan Mobley to be to so fall victim to that. When he has the opportunity to pull, go ahead and pull. It's the same idea and concept for Isaac Okoro, right? When you have that shot available to you, you no matter if the defense is paying you attention or not, pull the trigger if you have the opportunity. And so he did go out and knock down another triple. But, you know, the, the knock against him is the same against Allen, right? They failed to keep the front court pairing of uh, Drummond and Vucevic off the, off the boards. It hurts. Even though Evan pulled down 13 rebounds of his own, they just they had a problem. <laughs> Anytime I'm seeing uh, the opponent pull down 70 plus rebounds, there's an issue. There's an issue. Not necessarily something that I'm going to harp on, but as a single singular performance, that just sucked. <laughs> just just absolutely sucked. 
Um, Darius Garland, to kind of shift gears here uh, in particular, he was probably who I was most pleased with. He got heavily involved early on, which is exactly what you were hoping for from him. If you're a Cavs fan, he attempted eight triples, if I'm not mistaken, in the first half alone and 14 overall, which just so happens to be the second highest mark of his career. Now, if you don't remember, uh, last year, he had a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves in which he scored 51 points uh, and, and taking 15 triples and knocking down 10 of those in the process. I absolutely love to see him get aggressive and looking for a shot, considering he has often struggled finding the balance between getting his teammates involved, which is definitely what uh, he, he definitely did that tonight and taking it upon himself to get a basket. It's Honestly, one of the biggest separating factors, in my opinion, between him and Donovan Mitchell, who seems to know exactly when to flip the proverbial switch when necessary, right? He excels at it. That's that's what he's done all season. And it's not like we've never seen DG do this before. He did it constantly in his all-star season. He just had to adjust his, uh, his play style to play alongside an MVP-level backcourt running mate in spite of, right? He's, he's kind of taking a backseat, which is to be expected, but he's capable of a lot out there, and it's good to see him get back to four it, because, in my opinion, they're going to need him in the playoffs when teams are keying in on Donovan Mitchell and you need more shot creation than ever. Uh, so we, we really need DG to get back to that all-star form or at least some semblance of it, and I feel like since the team has returned from the all-star break, he has started to string together multiple impactful performances uh, whether Cavs fans are seeing that or not. But overall, I was just really disappointed with Jared Allen and Donovan Mitchell to an extent. But this one, it's just one game, right? I'm not going to let it affect my overall thought process on this team or what I believe their ceiling is or how far they can go in the playoffs or whether or not JB is the right man for the job. You know, throw in whatever big time narrative that people are pushing these days. I'm not going to let a singular game, the second half, seven or second leg rather of a back-to-back, um, affect my thought process all that much. On to the next one, which happens to be the Detroit Pistons. Just got to get back into the win call. Go Cavs. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.